with Aisha. I managed to save so much during the 5-5 sales in Shopee. Hmm, <laughs> I don't think that's true, Denise. Because I saw on your Instagram, Haritu, you just bought some unnecessary stuff, right? Well, clothes are necessities, okay? If you don't agree with me, then let's ask someone else. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Taylor's AKPK Making Sense Podcast. It's me, a girl, Denise. And of course, Denise's all-time partner, Aisha here. Yes, bestie. And with us today, we have... Ari and Alyssa from Fly Malaysia. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello, girls. What's up, guys? I'm Ari, currently studying in University of Ultra Malaysia and interning in Nestle. Ooh. Hi, everyone. I'm Alyssa. I'm a finance and economics graduate working as an auditor and part-time writer. Cool. So glad to have you guys on board with us today. So today's Making Sense, we will be debunking four financial myths for you guys, our beloved listeners. Now, coming back to what I said just now, do you guys agree with me that I got to save a lot during the sales? Well, other than Aisha. Wait, I just don't think that those big sales like the 5-5-11-11 sales actually give you that great of a deal, okay? It's a psychological effect. Myth number one, let's go. Online mega sales offer fantastic discounts. Ari, what are your thoughts on this? Okay, so who doesn't love sales? Have you guys heard about Kyle Aming Sambal Nyet Brapi? Oh my god, I wanted to get that for higher next week, but it was sold out within seconds. Seriously, yeah. it's like trying to get concert tickets. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, well, that's on fire in sales, yeah. Even it's not in discount. So according to the um Shopee Consumer Behavior Study by uh, Shopee Data and Survey, in 2017, the respondents stated that most of them um are preferred in the flash sales um, voucher availability, especially during the festival time and special dates, like just now Aisha mentioned, like 5-5, five, five, like 4-4, four, four, mm. and then yeah. go on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I feel that men, both men and women, are all for the seasonal sales, right? Of course, definitely agree with that. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, the discounts know better than those offered during uh, clear stock clearance sales. So what does uh, stock clearance sales mean? So it can be form of um, clearing storage space, uh, releasing supervision of material and equipment, and ending the te- uh, technical support of a certain product of the initial production. So mm-hmm. I will say this is a big, discount particularly when you consider throughout your sales when you get unsold stock so thus i will say it a myth that brands indulge a fantastic discount uh, during sales time yeah denise what did i tell you it's impossible uh, that shopee can have like monthly sales like every month also got sales so that's just something impossible okay okay yeah but to add on the point um, it's difficult to determine the validity of the discount for sale. So, um, mm-hmm. like, um, sellers also inflate the original price in order to make the discount uh, seem greater than it. So, for instance, right, um, like, everyone having phone and we want the phone case, right? Of course, we mm-hmm. buy in online because it's cheap. Mm-hmm. So, True. like, um, example, if the phone case is 15 ringgit, 
but in online sales is 30 ringgit with 50% discount so obviously like consumers will like oh wow it's 50% discount oh yeah <laughs> yeah but the reality is the sellers the only one know the initial price which is the 15 ringgit it's the same mm. so mm. um in short uh these practices only for home brands and exclusive items such as the electronics gadgets and mm. beauty brands so but in when it comes to bigger brands right the buyer can compare mm-hmm. the price across the multiple channel so yeah mm. so it's like basically like a big scam because like the sellers will like increase the price then they put yeah. like 50% off but that's actually what i do lah sometimes i after i buy something i would find other stores selling it for like cheaper price or so yeah i know right and it's like using the happy hour thing to like boost sales mm-hmm. so like people will be interested so well how about stock markets nalisa some people say that university students shouldn't invest what do you think Well, my personal opinion is that when university students, they often think that investing requires extensive extensive knowledge, that we need to learn about stocks, market trends, technical analysis, all the boring stuff. Mm. So they usually yeah. immediately cut off the idea of investing, thinking that, oh, I need a lot of capital, a huge amount of capital. Or they think they need an extensive knowledge. I don't know a thing about investment. And it's too costly to hire a personal finance advisor. But actually, in today's technology, yeah. investing is simplified more than ever. It takes little to no effort. Like, it's so convenient, you don't even need to use your laptop. Just a smartphone. Ooh. And it's sometimes, depending on the financial instrument that you choose, it's even cheaper than your Starbucks things. <gasps> you can go as low as 10 ringgit, depending on the financial instrument that you choose. Yeah. Oh my god. And some of the millennials favorite these days are cryptocurrency, you know, crypto luno, mm-hmm. uh, gold robo advisors. So basically all you need is to download an app to get started. It's okay to have mm-hmm. a small capital or if you don't have like extensive knowledge, you don't need to immediately be Warren Buffett. So you just <laughs> yeah. need the initiative. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, investing is such, like, it's such an in thing now, even in yeah. today's Wikipedia, everyone yes. wants to know about, like, cryptocurrency, about investment. We keep exactly. having, like, talks about these topics. Mm. So that's some new knowledge also for me. Like, you can invest as low as 10 ringgit. Now count me in. I'm going to start investing right now. Let's go, Aisha. Let's go. There's also an investment thingy in Touch and Go, you know. Like, it's called, like, Go Plus, I think. Hmm. Mm. I think the personal, the highlight or, or the key to investing, to start investing is that to start small. Mm. First, we need to evaluate our risk tolerance. Basically, we need to evaluate how much money are we willing to lose. And we need to gauge correctly what in- investment instrument that we are interested in. I would love to share a quote by Warren Buffett to our listeners. He said that, I never attempt to make money on the stock market. I buy on the assumption that they could close the market the next day and not reopen it for five years. Mm. Personally, I think that this quote is like, it forces us to do our homework and know the company inside out. Mm. Hence, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the students that with the mindset that, oh, I'm too broke to invest or I need some Wall Street knowledge to do mm. this. We need to remember that investing is not what it used to be. So you should, you yeah. should see for yourself 
think for yourself and try venturing out to the world that where money never sleeps. Mm. Mm, that's so like motivating <laughs> and moving. <laughs> like, um, although I want to start investing now mm. that um I've heard what you said, um I think I would prefer to like gain more knowledge, learn more about investing before like actually putting my money into like a market or like something. So I'll probably wait until I'm more stable. <laughs> I mean, like we're still young. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's okay. It's okay. And there's also a saying that buying a house is better than renting. Um, is it true though? Because I feel like it's just like a person's pride to, you know, I have a landed property. Yes. Yeah. Well, in life, everyone needs a roof over their head. Mm. So like usually millennials right the youths after graduating the first thought like buying home buying car and mm-hmm. the list goes on so i would say although staying with family may be the affordable solution but at some point um we will need to get to a, our own place so basically um renting has much lower upfront cost than buying in my mm-hmm. opinion i will say mm-hmm. because to decide whether to buy or rent, you need to check um your enough step state up for the initial cost. So what are the initial costs and the upfront cost? So upfront cost like a minimum 10% of down payment, sales mm-hmm. and purchase agreement, legal fees, time duty, um, validation uh, fees, and the list goes on. Oh, that's like so many things <laughs> to pay for. My God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also just knew that. Um, I guess like I'll just stay with my parents for the time being and then yeah. married or something. <laughs> yeah, I think me too. Stay <laughs> with my parents. But apart from that, um, we need to uh, if buying a house, right? We need to pay monthly repayment for housing loan. Mm-hmm. So if you have uh, enough save up, uh, saved up for upfront costs and monthly repayment, mm-hmm. you will be able to buy a house. But it's just a beginning part. Not only mm. after um, buying house, we have a maintenance service, the utilities and the small, small one and, and so on. Mm. So with renting, usually to pay um, up three months deposit on the rent and utility deposit if that is based on the um, agreement with the owner. So this is lower cost buying than a uh, house. Mm. So I will say um, if you have enough money and enough saving all set, then can buy a house. If not, then renting is a safe option. And not only that, yeah. other factors also um, involved, such as um, location, stability, flexibility on true, true. choosing a house. So in my opinion, I will say it depends on the individual uh, mm. that what they can afford in future. So yep. yeah, I feel like I'll settle off my car loans first before getting a house like that's in the future. <laughs> yeah, I mean like we're still so young now, mm-hmm. so it's like something so big to think about. Know, so it's right. like something very far in the future. <laughs> but speaking about like loans and debts, right? Are credit cards really bad? Some say like young people shouldn't get credit cards. I heard that it's good also to build like good credit scores. Mm. So what are your thoughts on credit cards, Melissa? Okay, so when we talk about credit cards, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Debt. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That, and when we associate this to the students, to the younger audience, mm-hmm. the norm is that, oh, young people, students, fresh grads, they shouldn't get credit cards. Because why mm-hmm. we see, often enough, we see headlines like, oh, over a third of college students already have credit card debt. Mm. And in reality, students are getting credit card. It's not a matter of boon or bane. So let's look into both sides. The best thing about having credit card is that you can build a good credit score. Why this is important? Because after graduating, usually a student, they want to buy a house. Not immediately buy a house, but rent an apartment or buy a car or get a job. So in order to do this, you need to get loans. Mm. And when you mm. need to get a loan, you need to show the the bank that you are credit worthy. The more credit worthy you are, the easier it gets to achieve these things. Mm. So the solid credit score will bode well for you because a landlord wants to pay once their rental in time and a bank wants their loans paid. So um, credit cards is also an excellent tool for emergency use. Like for mm-hmm. example, you get into a car accident or you need your laptop mm. repaired. So when you find yourself in these difficult situations, uh, credit cards are the small cushions for unexpected events. Mm. Oh. Yeah, and when credit cards have a complicated interest rate mm-hmm. due to different Ooh. banks and agreements. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Like especially if you're using conventional, the compounded interest payment can be a source of financial stress. So it's vital mm. to know what you're paying when you're paying, how much, and how when the when it's due. Another source of concern is that when we use credit card, it acts like a magic card, you know. We just swipe, swipe, swipe. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like pulling money out of thin air. <laughs> so even if in your saving you have zero balance, so you're broke, you're mm-hmm. actually broke, mm-hmm. but your credit card sits the opposite. Broke. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, 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 definitely. <laughs> It comes with like huge responsibility lah for sure. Students with like poor uh, personal finance and some skills um, mm. and credit cards are like the deadly duo. <laughs> Plus, that's why like AKPK is a thing also. It's like mm. to help those people in loopholes and like know, right? the fact that AKPK has like a lot of students, mm. like fresh grads coming to them is just, it just scares me lah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they often found themselves in a loop of endlessly repaying interest. Having credit card debt is not just being, it's just not a matter of not being able to pay back. It mm. will also your, affect your credit score. So in turn, it will have pose some difficulties in the future when you're applying for loans for house, cars, mm. marriage. So my opinion is that it all comes down to how you use it. If you're a recovering shopaholic, or feel like online sales is too much of a temptation, so you mm. might want to reconsider getting credit cards. <laughs> the important thing is that you should educate yourself on personal finance and memorize your payment plans just like you know BTS song by heart. So <laughs> credit card may act as an umbrella for a rainy day, but mm. it can also deny you of a shelter on that rainy day. Ooh, that last line though. You know, right, Denise, better to reflect on that. Um, excuse me. <laughs> Joking. The best way to basically like um be the master of your money is to like really know your own spendings and like not spend it like 
you're the richest person in the world like you have a big business or something mm-hmm. like absolutely agree with you Aisha like and like it's like some people spend money like it rains money you know like they have money tree or something I don't know how they get this money like they just yes, keep yes, spending yes. and spending and spending like oh my god well um this brings us to the end of the episode Making Sense Debunking Financial Myths with Ari and Melissa from Fly Malaysia. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. Sadly, that's all the time we have today. We really hope that all of you um, will stay tuned and um, follow us on Instagram as well at taylorsakpk. You can also follow Fly at flyyouth. And look out for the next episode. Yes. Signing off, making sense, Denise. And Aisha. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Making sense.